Easter Sunday, we talked about the hope of the resurrection because we live in a time where we so desperately need hope. It just seems like so many people are living in despair and we see that by, I think as the, we see that in the anger that people have and the isolation that people have and um, in the increased usages of, of drugs and alcohol, uh, increased escapism in things like Netflix and, you know, and, um, you know, and just kind of and entertainment things. I think we see it sadly in the increase in suicide. But we have a hope in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And there's a power of the hope of the resurrection that transforms us. And I, I want to talk about that today. Um, we, we've talked about how our hope is a reasonable hope, how it's a merciful hope because it's given to us by mercy. It's not, it's not because we are worthy of it. It's not because we achieve it. It's given to us out of God's mercy. We have a confident hope, but it's also a hope that transforms. It has the power to change us. There's nothing so frustrating, so hopeless as feeling stuck, feeling like things will never change. This kind of malaise where you feel like things are always going to be bad and I can't do anything about it. You know, in junior high school, I know that's how I felt. It's kind of like, is life always going to be like this? But I always look forward to thinking, no, there are going to come better days. Historically, Americans have been the most hopeful society in the world. I mean, literally, people would come. I remember... Um, uh, talking with people from England, who from 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 uh, Europe, who would just say, "Yeah, you Americans have a different attitude toward life," but that's significantly changed. I'll, I'll never forget reading a Life magazine article at the turn of the twentieth century, twenty first century, and um, and they uh, had interviewed people who lived through the Great Depression and were now living through um, entering the uh, the transition into the new century. And what they discovered was that people were actually more hopeful in the United States during the Great Depression than they were at the turn of the 21st century. Why? I would suggest to you it's because we are less Christian, we are less biblical people, and so we've lost the hope that comes from the, 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 the transcendent hope that comes from knowing an almighty God and believing and a God who is greater than all of our troubles. Um, but I believe it's also because um, we've seen things get stuck and we wonder, can they ever change? We're not optimistic anymore. It used to be that people were optimistic about uh, their lives are going to get better or their children's lives are going to be better than their lives. That's, they're confident that, yeah, we're going to improve, but, but our children's generation, that will be even better than ours. That's not the case anymore. Because candidly, when you lose hope in the God who holds today and the future, when your hope depends on you alone, then there is no hope because you feel powerless. But we don't want to feel hopeless. No couple says, I do, wanting to feel hopeless. No couple goes through, goes into a marriage. 
maybe there are some exceptions to the rule. But thinking, you know, I don't really care if this thing works. I don't think this is gonna, thing is going to work. In fact, I think this is going to be kind of tragic the way this ends. No, everybody enters marriage with this hope of saying, I do, and it's going to be great. We need hope like that. But hearts get broken and trust gets broken. How do we sustain hope? It's the power of the resurrection that we so desperately need. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty work of his strength? Paul says he wants us to know the power, the hope of the power of the resurrection, the power of his calling. Um, For as by grace you have been saved through faith, he says in Ephesians 2, this is not of your own doing, it's the gift of God, not the results of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and therefore our hope is in him because we are his workmanship. Because he has risen from the dead, we know he will fulfill his promises. We know he will take our lives as they are and make them his, make them the masterpieces that he wants them to be. And that's what the word means there in Ephesians. We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece that he is making. And so our hope is in him to transform us. See, from a big picture perspective, um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared how the world has changed since the first century because of the power of the resurrection. How the power of the resurrection changed the way we treat people, the way we see people, the way that women are treated. It changed slavery and ended it. It has changed education to be education from the, for just the elite to education for all. It gives us a, sub, a, 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 a substantive power of education, a reason to be educated more than just to add knowledge to your life more than just so you can get rich. But it is because we are made by God and to be educated means to use all that we learn to know him better and to serve him more completely in a way that's more fulfilling. So many different ways that the power of the resurrection has transformed the worlds. But personally, we need to know that the power of the resurrection is at work in us as well. And there's so many wonderful examples of how God changes lives. I just read last week an article in the New York Post, past Friday, called How Little Richard Went from Sex Fiend to Repentant Bible Thumper. It it, it chronicled um, how Little Richard, some of you are saying, who's Little Richard? Look it up if you're too young. Um, Began his life sexually confused and out of control. He was a great influence, by the way, on um, I guess on on the Beatles and on um, the Rolling Stones. You're, some of you are saying, who are the Beatles? Who are the Rolling Stones? Okay, I'm an old guy. Anyway, in other words, uh, but Jesus pursued little Richard. And little Richard discovered God pursuing him. For years, 
the story went that he really waffled back and forth from wanting to follow God to godlessness, wanting to follow God, believing in God to living for himself. He said, there were times I went and slept in the bathroom because the rest of the suite was full of naked people. Actually, he didn't say that. His former uh, road manager, Keith Winslow, said that in a film about Little Richard. You know, he was battling. I, I want to be godly. And so even, even though there was a orgy going on, that he would go and be by himself, reading the Bible to be strong. His road manager is quoted saying there were times that he slept in the bathroom because um, the suite was full of naked people. He'd be sitting there, the Bible right beside him. And every now and then he'd just start quoting scripture. He struggled because change is not easy. Little Richard did. The article said at the end of his life, he stopped going back and forth between rock and roll and religion. And he really dedicated himself to the Lord. If anybody is struggling to change, you know the struggle of little Richard. But you keep struggling. Don't give up. Keep trying. God is working to transform you. Um, most of us go through dark times where we feel like Dante's Inferno, you know, abandon hope, all who enter here. But First John chapter 5, verse 13 John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heals us. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling waffling, like you're waffling, your hope is the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of God available for you to transform you. So many wonderful stories that I could share. I think about Rosaria Butterfield, who called herself a radical lesbian feminist leader, professor of queer theory at Syracuse University. She said, I didn't perceive conversion to Jesus Christ as a blessing. It was a train wreck. Conversion put me in a complicated and comprehensive chaos, she said. Jesus changed her life completely, but she said she lost everything. She said, I lost my community when Jesus, when God saved my soul. Her friends turned against her. She said, I lost everything but the dog. <laughs> but today, God has completely transformed her life, given her a new family and a new community and a new hope. And now she goes everywhere she can to share with people, not just that that um, that, 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 that what the, the messages of homosexuality are a lie and bring death but how godly community gives us hope and strength. I read last week about Kevin Kirchin. If you don't recognize his name, I didn't either. I'm proud of you. He's now an ordained minister, but years ago, he was one of the original Chippendales dancers. He was a stripper. He was a porn actor. Of his book, My Game, My Pain, My Purpose, one reviewer writes, God turned his test into a testimony and his mess into a message. Now that sounds like something a preacher would write, his test into a testimony, his mess into a message. But that's what God does. If God can do that for a Kevin Kirchin, he can do that for you as well. He wants to. He is at work in you to make you his masterpiece.
the hope of glory, the power of the resurrection. Mossad Hassan Youssef calls himself the son of Hamas. He was the son of a prominent Hamas terrorist leader. But reading the Bible, he discovered Jesus. And now he works to lead people to Christ. David Nasser grew up in Iran. He grew up thinking that religion causes fights. Um, today he's a Christ follower and professor, teaches at Liberty University. He says, if you would have told me 25 years ago that I'd be writing books about redemption through Jesus, traveling the world, speaking to people about Jesus, I would have laughed at you. But today, that's exactly what he does. I love this story. I love to hear Carol Swain talk. She was a grad of uh, Yale, professor at Harvard, professor at, at um, Vanderbilt. She tells you she lived a broken life. She had, you know, got pregnant without being married. She had an abortion. Um, but God got her life. And it's completely transformed her. In 1998, she was baptized into Christ, and today she shares Christ boldly wherever she goes. Now, those are dramatic stories, but I tell them to say, you are God's masterpiece. There's nothing special about those people. They're not more special than you are. You're God's masterpiece. Where is that area in your life right now where you're feeling like you can never change, where you feel hopeless because you feel powerless? People in Celebrate Recovery, people in AA know, you know what, that's the beginning of change. You feel powerless to realize, I can't change myself. But you know what can change you? The power of the resurrection. And where's the power of the resurrection found? It is found when we turn to God in every way, in complete surrender. We turn to his word. We determine to be obedient. We turn to his people. We worship. We read the Bible every day. We depend on God for strength moment by moment. And he gives us strength. Broken marriages, he heals. Guilty pasts, he washes clean. Empty careers, he turns into meaningful work. People stuck in addiction, he sets free. And he can give you that hope. The hope of the power of the resurrection. Our hope in Jesus is great because it's not theory. It is demonstrated first in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's the very same power, God's power, that is available to you and me today. Never lose hope. Never give up. God has made you his masterpiece. And he's not done with you yet. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would encourage each of us through your word and through your Holy Spirit right now. And for those who may be feeling stuck and like there is no hope for their future, no hope for their marriage, no hope for overcoming their addictions, that they would find hope in you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks.